Welcome to Chats with Susan Burrell, and that's me. I help strong, capable women who have pockets of self-doubt access their inner wisdom and clarify their own truth. Chats with Susan Burrell is where we have rich conversations about empowerment, radiating your brilliance out into the world, and loving yourself more than you ever have before. And who doesn't want that? So let's get started. I just have to tell everybody, I am so blessed in in being able to do this show because I get to have a conversation with transformational people that are out there doing just awesome work in the world, making a difference in their lives personally and then in our lives. And the conversation just gets richer and deeper and it's just awesome. So with that being said, I want to welcome the author of Tapping Into Wealth, Margaret Lynch. Margaret, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Susan. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you because I want because the the title of your book, Tapping Into Wealth, is not just about tapping into wealth and all of us being rich, but it is about a technique called emotional freedom. It's the emotional freedom technique, which is what tapping is all about. So I want you to explain that first to our listeners so that before we dive into the whole premise of your book. Sure. You know, the the thing that I discovered, and in, in, I didn't plan to really be a money and wealth expert it, as a coach <laughs> when I started my business seven years ago, but as I worked with successful people and we started to delve into their goals around their money and how much they were earning or not earning, um, I really found that there is such a mind-body connection with money because the second you start talking about money and making people get real, like like how much debt do you have? Let's look at a goal for your income you saw this like fight or flight reaction happening. You saw panic, you saw fear, you saw people freeze, um, or people would say, I'm I'm getting really stressed out. (laughs) And so here you have this like full mind-body reaction when people go, and and many people can relate. If I said like, you got to sit down and do your taxes today, and I'm going to stand with you and make you do them and look at your numbers, probably everyone listening could relate to starting to feel the stress response in the body. And so, you know, how do you move people forward? How do you give people the greatest strategies that would, that I know would double their business when you can't get them to take action on them because they are in fight or flight mode in their body? And that's where tapping comes in because it is a proven mind-body tool and it is clinically proven to act like a switch and turn off the fight or flight reaction. And, um... And so to have a tool that's this quick, this easy, this powerful, and that is clinically proven to work where um, you can literally turn off people's panic, their fear, their self-doubt, and when it applies to somebody who wants to make more money or grow their business, this is a world-changing tool for them. (laughs) I I got to say, Margaret, I wish I had known this 20 years ago when I was in such lack. I mean, I can remember going to the grocery store and writing a check in the days when you had to write a check to pay for your groceries. And I would break into a sweat because I wasn't 100% sure there was going to be all that money in that account when they cashed it and just breaking, shaking. I remember shaking, writing the checks. And that's the flight or fight thing you're talking about. It really is, you know, and and people, you know, we know a lot of attraction, so we've learned these phrases, limiting beliefs, but, you know, that doesn't help us too much unless we really can dial in and see what our limiting beliefs are. And what I found is there's there's also an emotional and mind-body connection to 
what I call, you know, I came up with five kinds of money, that there's five distinct kind of money, money I talk about in the book, and there's a whole video on that on the book website on tappingintowealth.com. And, you know, I found it fascinating that when I talk to people about different kinds of money, how much are you earning right now versus how much debt do you have versus let's set a goal for your income, we, I saw varying types of beliefs and very strong emotions. And thirdly, I saw um, almost like traumatic events that were sometimes attached to different kinds of money in your life. And, and that's why, you know, I, I have the video, the five kinds of money right there on the book website, because I know that people have told me they're taking notes and they're having aha moments before they even get the book, which is awesome. And the website but, is know, tappingintowealth.com, like everybody. Tappingintowealth.com. Yeah. You can get that video right there. And then also it shows you, you know, you can get it on Amazon and the bookstores and all that stuff. But it was so important for me to start bringing aha moments. You know, I, I am not a writer. It is not fun for me to sit down and write. It was a horror show for me to write oh. this book. But I was so motivated because until you change the conversation and you start talking about money in, in a totally different way and really uh, about this, this sort of this mind-body money connection that we have, until we go there and start looking at how do we shift our inner reaction around money, um, things don't change, you know, and we don't want to hand this, this programming, this way of acting around money off to the next generation, which is what's been happening. I am so grateful to hear you say that because I'm a mother. My son's 20, 20 something. And when he was little, I was like, that's it. Whatever this generational stuff is that comes through my family, it ends with me because I did not want him to have whatever it is that is getting passed down. And I love that that's a component of your work. Yeah. and, And this is very, what I realized is this is a particular thing for people in the middle class who are raised with either middle class parents or working class parents. This is a very specific thing to us in that we tend to live paycheck to paycheck, even mm-hmm. if we have now gone to college and our parents never did and we're earning like literally 10x more than our parents did. You find most of the people in the, in, in the middle class living one or two paychecks away from disaster. And I'm telling you, it's because you have been programmed at a nervous system level on what money means, what it will mean in your life, and how to react, how you react around money. And that literally came from your parents' paradigm. You know, it's interesting and, because I've been thinking about that reading your book of, uh, like for me, for where did that money disconnect happen? And uh, and I remember being a kid and my mother was paying the bills and she couldn't handle it. So my father took the bill-paying capacity out of the house and gave it to his secretary, and I never saw bills being paid. And then to fast-forward to, wow, and that's why I don't have a savings account and I live hand-to-mouth. Wow. Yeah, and and, and what also, this is big for women too, um, but even men in the middle class, is a sense of, I feel incompetent. I don't know, like... Like, I'm an engineer by training, right? So I took more calculus than anybody ever should. (laughs) But the second you put a dollar sign in front of a number, I would literally collapse in a heaping pile of emotional, I can't do it, I'm afraid, because there was a dollar sign. And all I knew is that I don't don't know about money. I'm dumber on money. I never learned about money. Money is, you know, there's an immediate nervous system panic that would happen. 
Um, and, and for some people, like, like you're saying, there wasn't really a paradigm. It's like, but it was this kind of big silent secret. I know it was emotional and scary and stressful, and then it went away. <laughs> but there was also no, no, nothing filled in on how to be around money. You know, Margaret, how, I, how want to give every, it? I want to give everybody a quote from your book about this, about how the feelings are attached to the money. Um, in, in the book, you say feelings power actions. They have precedent precedence over logic, practicality, discipline, and great ideas. If you feel neutral about something, then logic, reason, and choice guide the actions. But if you don't, your emotions commandeer what you do or don't do. And memories, beliefs, and programming about money create strong feelings that drive every action you take and motivate you to avoid taking actions that involve increasing your income and savings and lowering your debt. It's such a connection to the emotion. I, I'm, I was, yeah. it was an aha moment reading your book, tapping into wealth to go, wow, oh my gosh, this is the thing that I was missing in trying to get, get myself out of debt or support other people in doing that. Yeah. And I, I think one of the best examples of this is the number of, you know, for me personally, and I've seen them on like Oprah Winfrey's show, right? When she was on the air of, of financial advisors and CPAs and tax attorneys who are giving the most incredible advice, right? They have experience, they are trained, they are advising people at an incredible level. In their own finances, they are a mess, Mm. right? And I've worked with tons of them. And when you ask them about their money situation, there is, in handling their own money, there is shame, there is fear, there is I don't deserve it, there is, you know, this thing that happened 10 years ago and, and, and it was so unfair and I got, you know, betrayed and, and now there was a lawsuit. And there's so much um, like nervous system that keeps them in this mode that in their own finances, they can't take the logical action. And I know everybody listening, when you go to work every day and your boss hands you a project, you bring all of your brains and all of your strategy and all of your experience. Yet for most of us, if we sit down to do, to to say, I'm going to set a goal you know, for this much savings or this much more income, or I'm going to set a goal around starting to earn more, um, look at our finances, that puts like so much fear in our system. And the reality is the physiological state of the stress response is you aren't thinking well, (laughs) you are not resourceful. And so it's just to me, it's very black and white that when you, you, you realize that your nervous system has a huge impact on what you're doing and not doing in your money, you realize, um, I can change this. And when I do, (laughs) there's a whole new reality waiting for me. Well, and it's interesting what you're saying, Margaret, because I'm, you know, everybody that listens to Living Your Inspired Life knows I'm all about affirmations and changing your belief system and all of that stuff. But there's something about what you just said about the stress factor that is pumping the adrenaline that causes you, you cannot even see that there's a possibility of something else happening in your yeah. life around money until that system calms down. And like you say in the book, it neutralized. Once it's neutralized, then you, it's almost like what you're talking about in tapping into wealth is you're going to create a clean slate that you can then create wealth and, uh, and get rid of debt and all of that from. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's a really great analogy to think of, you know, a lot of people have fear of public speaking or they have fears, you know, phobias and fears in their life. Or if every, if I were to say, you know, think about a confrontation with your boss, right? Or a fight that you're, you know, a confrontation that you might have to have with someone. We all can relate to having the fear come up and not really being able to talk ourselves out of it, right? right? Like if right. you have a fear of public speaking, no amount of positive discussion can is going to take away the sweaty palms, the panic, the heart pounding, right? It, your nervous system is running beyond your control. And so the same thing happens when I have a brilliant, smart, accomplished woman in front of me who's not charging her worth. Mm-hmm. So I give her the greatest strategies, and I know what those strategies are. I give them all the time. Here's how you can double your business in, you know, it's a year, six months, right? She won't use those strategies. Because I am up against an inner wall inside of her of shame, fear, doubt. No one's going to like me. They're going to be mad. They're going to say, who do you think you are? I can hear my father's voice saying you'll never amount to anything. I cannot compete with that with my smart little strategy, (laughs) Right. right? And so, you know, to think about that comes up. A million people in her life could say, you're smart. You should charge more. And she'll go, "Mm mm-hmm. And it's just a little mental gymnastics against this wall of your nervous system. And that's why I I talk so much about the nervous system, because this is a physiological thing that's happening in you. And I'm telling you, you can turn it off. Like, you know, with emotional freedom technique, it's clinically proven. I'm not overselling it. (laughs) It literally turns off the fight or flight. And when you do that, you will be amazed at the inner quiet in you and the opportunity to think about a new future and a new opportunity and a new reality. Yeah. And I'll share with you, uh, I did this uh, tapping technique, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago. And mm-hmm. I, and I was, uh, so my circumstance was I was in a depression. I was acting at the time. I wasn't getting any gigs or auditions. And, and once I did this, started to do the tapping, it's like auditions started flowing in. I didn't even have to ask for them. I was able to change, uh, you know, I cut my hair, which, you know, for an actress, that's a big deal to make a change like that. And, and all of a sudden I had confidence again. It felt like all of a sudden, really what it was, was the tapping that helped my electrical system to calm down. And I think even rewire into, so I could have positive thoughts about what it is I wanted to do next. Yeah. You know, one of my things I say to groups of people is, you know, what if, you know, I could give you twice as much confidence? Who would want that? Everybody's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I can't give you twice as much confidence, but I don't have to give you more confidence. If I literally turn off the self-doubt that when you think that thought, it blasts your body with shame and fear and, and insecurity. If I can turn that off, your confidence will double because your natural confidence will actually be available to you. Right, and that's and really the truth of us. To more of it. We, we yeah. are confident. I'm well. I don't know about, but we, like you said earlier, you we all show up to work, and we don't show up going, okay, I'm going to do my worst. We show up doing, wanting to do our very best all the time. We want to bring our A game, and yeah. to have all that other shame and guilt and fear running us is what trips us up. Yeah, it's time to let it go. You know, and it's time for the middle class. You know, the gap's only gotten bigger, yeah. right? And and between the in the middle class has actually shrunk. And so there's so many applications of tapping. You know, there's millions of videos. There's stacks of other books beside mine that, that have been written. You know, my videos alone, like I say, tapping is the biggest thing you've never heard of. 
my my videos alone, I'm just one person, have been watched over two and a half million times, right? Wow. But with the when we look at the trends and the generations of the middle class living paycheck to paycheck and getting beyond that, um, this is why I was so motivated and, and irritated enough <laughs> to to write this book and to create all of this free content that goes along with the book. Because when you when you take uh, you know here's my engineer when you take a tool and you apply it very specifically to a narrow issue like money and delve into it you are going to have a transformation from the beginning of the book to the end of the book. And that, that's really my goal, you know, is every chapter is an absolute transformation. Um, the tapping scripts are there. There's an additional video that you get um, that you only get access to if you have the book because there's a special QR code or, or URL in there um, for all of the videos that come with the book. And, you know, this, is, this was my labor of love, you know, because the book is what it's, it's just come out in, in um, paperback. So it's like literally $14. <laughs> right? right, which so, costs nothing it, to, so you can have your wealth and well-being. Yeah. And it's like this is, you know, this is me trying to transform as many people as I can in the, that, that are in the middle class that don't realize that they're sort of a puppet. Mm. running you're there's there's someone running you these this set of beliefs these paradigms this way of your nervous system is wired and it does not need to be there and it's only there because you don't realize it's there and you can get rid of it like that that's very motivating for me it's huge it you know and it, it it affected me right i left corporate america making great money i was an engineer and i was in management i was in sales and then i started my own business and all of my programming, because I now had to charge for myself, right? right? People who are self-employed often have a really difficult time earning a great living because it's a whole new set of, of, um, of limits come up. You know, when you're in a company, they set your value and you just get a paycheck. So, and I, and I looked at all of my siblings, you know, all first, you know, went to great colleges, attorneys, engineers yet live paycheck to paycheck. And I looked at all my clients who were in the middle class, running great business, living paycheck to paycheck. And I was like, I can't take it. I need <laughs> to figure this out. And I spent the last seven years delving into with thousands of, I've worked with thousands of people with individually and in groups in my practice. And, um, and it's all in this book, Tapping Into Wealth. I put it all in there. Well, and the thing that I loved is it, you're also speaking, your engineer mind is also speaking to, uh, so I just want to tell anybody out there, if you are self-employed, this is a great book for you about how to grow your business, how to develop your inner self value and worth and put it out there. Because it, that to me, the the small business person or the self-employed yeah. entrepreneur is the one that really is the middle class and is the backbone of our country. It's these, these corporations are not. Yeah. And thinking like a, an entrepreneur, even when you're, you are employed and, and, and really we, you know, again, even if you're an employee and you have a fixed salary, there are so many things that we are not doing in our money, mm -hmm. things we're doing and not doing that create the reality of either making some money and then getting rid of it or always living paycheck to paycheck, you know, one or two paychecks away from disaster. And it, even though, you know, what I would ask if you're listening is even though your mind is going, 
but I, you know, I'm thinking here, I'm thinking there. Like, I don't really see how things could change for me, Margaret. You know, it's like suspend disbelief for a minute and allow yourself to think, you know, that I have been unconsciously running, operating in my money based on things that have been programmed into me. And if that changes, everything changes. You know, if that changes, everything changes. And that's where things like positive thinking and law of attraction and goal setting, which can be very difficult when you're up against your programming, that's when those um, practices, visualization, affirmations, those become 10x, 100x more powerful because they're not up against um, this wall of your programming and this wall of, of panic and fear. You know, so half the book is about removing your, your programming from the past. And then for someone who's self-employed, in the middle of the book or so, it's about setting a big goal. Now we're moving forward and all of the things that will now pop up as you try to step up to a whole new level of power and money and success there's new things that will appear. Of course. <laughs> like new limits, you know, which is what I'm up against when I try to get a business owner to double, you know, to even agree to set a goal of doubling their income. Um, and so, you know, the book is really a full experience from going from wherever you are now with your programming um, or debt into creating a whole new wealth reality and the tools to sort of continue you there. And the great thing about tapping, as I'm sure you know, um, it's all in the book and you, you can, you use it over and over and over, you know, well, let's explain it, to the, to the listeners <laughs> what the specifics of tapping, because what it's doing is when we talk about tapping, we're, uh, tapping on particular areas of the body that are acupressure points. Yeah. It was found about 25, 30 years ago, um, quite by accident by a very famous psychologist named Roger Callahan that if you tapped with your fingertips on acupuncture points, which acupuncture points are proven to be electrically active. That's why when they put, you know, a needle in there with it has a polarity difference, it creates a light electrical charge, right? So if you tap on the acupuncture point, that what they measure happening in the body is a physiological shift. And so what, we, what is clinically measured and, and called the fight-or-flight response or the stress response, which is a physiological state in the body, and, and, in the, and it can be seen in the brain, right, um, as what they call hyperarousal, you literally see that calm down and the body shifts into what's called the relaxation response, right? So tapping, you don't have to believe it works right. for it to work on you because it is working on your nervous system. And then the words that we use with tapping um, are really to sort of tune you in and give you aha moments about what was happening, you know, where this comes from, um, and also where you want to go. There's affirmations built into tapping as well. So the biggest downside to tapping is that it looks funny. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're taking your fingertips and you're like tapping on acupuncture points and you, if you went online right now and Googled it, you know, if you're driving in your car, please don't. But if you went online and Googled it, you'd see millions of videos on tapping. And people look funny. They're tapping on their face because there's acupuncture points on our face, on our hands, on our collarbone, which are common ones to use. And, and we'd use them just because they're easy to reach. And, um, but you're literally tapping and you're talking. And what I would say is that it, you don't have to believe it works. Try it. 
because you will experience a shift in what you're feeling that is self-evident within you. You know, with, with tapping a lot, we say, on a scale of 1 to 10, you know, how much anxiety do you feel right now as I'm telling you you're going to go into your boss tomorrow and ask for a raise? And someone will say, you know, oh, my God, I'm an 8, I'm a 10. It's on a scale of 1 to 10, it's a 10. And then within a min- minutes of tapping, you have a different person sitting in front of you who when you say, how afraid are you now, they'll say, well, I'm not afraid. I mean, I, you know, I know I deserve this. And you're like, well, you would just add a 10 of fear. And they're like, maybe a one. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what, you know, it's so hard for people when you have an experience tapping to, um, and, and for many therapists, you know, cause this is huge in the therapeutic community with, with psychologists and therapists and social workers. When they're first exposed to this tool, they're like, holy cow, you can sh- transform a client or a patient so quickly um, as a coach or a therapist because of the power of this tool. So uh, it's why they're using it in the VA. I mean, it's, it's exceptional with post-traumatic stress disorder. They're using it with soldiers coming home. Um, it's just a really powerful tool. And, and, um, and for, those of us that want an, for those of us that want an automatic, you know, absolute quick fix, it, it literally, in my experience and what you've just said, it just takes a few minutes. It's not so, like yeah, you're tapping 24-7. Yeah. And I, and I think the difference is, right, there are things that you will transform so quickly out of an issue and be like, I literally have talked about that for years and it doesn't bother me anymore. Um, and even like with post-traumatic stress, memories will dim and go and sort of be sort of processed by the brain as is memory that doesn't matter anymore. Um, but as, you ta- as we talk about moving forward and going after big goals, tapping is a, is a tool that people continue to use because you say, I want to be a speaker. And then two months from now, someone's like, would you like to speak to my group of 300? <laughs> <laughs> and you've never done that before. And now you have a new fear, maybe a new little batch of self-doubt that pops up. And now you have this tool to take that down and, and come back to a space of feeling confident. So people use it to clear away the past and they use it to move forward. I love that part about it too. So in, in the book, you, you delineate that there's uh, five categories of money. So let's talk about that because I've, there's pieces in each of those categories that I, ha- I definitely had ownership about, you know, in terms of why it's not working for me. Yeah, it's interesting because when I'd work with people, like money was money. And I started out really being of the law of attraction mind. So I was like abundance, abundance, prosperity. But that didn't really trigger anybody. And when you're trying to figure out what was getting in people's way, you need to find out the bad stuff, like what's triggering, like where is the stuff point. And everyone felt great when I talk about abundance. But when I said, let's talk about how much you're earning, write it down on a piece of paper. You don't even have to show it to me. I saw people just, their whole physiology change, right? Um, and then I just, I saw, you know, other people like at workshops where no matter what we did, we, I couldn't get them excited about setting a new goal. And it's like, I finally got someone to admit, I have a huge amount of secret debt. And then three other people were like, me too. And I was like, wow, there's a whole different energy around debt than there is around setting an income goal. And, you know, so the, the more I worked with people, the more I found that there's five kinds of money and they each have a different, there's sort of three things that go with each, right? There's a nervous system reaction, like 
motions that blast through the body. There is a thinking, so there's a, a phrase that pops into their head. And then thirdly, there's often a connected trauma, like an event from the past that has a lot of emotion still attached to it. So I'm going to, I'll walk through them really quickly. And if it seems like it's too fast, you know, people can go and watch the video on the five kinds of money. It's right there on the tappingintowealth.com website. So don't worry. You don't, if you're not, don't take notes if you're driving. (laughs) Okay. Um, So the first one we'll talk about is, um, is savings, right? When, when savings, when I ask people to write down, what is your savings account? How much money do you have right now? And a lot of people in the middle class or working class don't have savings because when we come out of college, we're kind of indoctrinated into the world of debt between college loans and our mortgage. Why would you save when you're making loan payments to pay off an interest, you know, debt at an interest? Yeah. So in general, people in the middle class don't have a lot of savings. And when they write down that number or the zero that's there, most people will have an, a, an emotional reaction looking at that number. And so what I found with people is it, there's definitely a, some anxiety, like, oh, my God. Like, but a lot of people came up with the word sadness or even grief or loss. Wow. And there was an expression that pops into most people's head, which is, I never feel safe. I never feel secure. And there's a sadness with that. Um, an event, if there's a, an event from your past that connected, often people would point to a great loss that they had in their life. Sometimes the death of a parent or a spouse or a partner or a pet even that had great grief around it and somehow drained what savings they had or planned to have. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, I've experienced it. And yeah, that makes a lot and of sense. And that whole... And so when, when they go, and so think about this, say you have, you know, that when you think about a savings account, it reminds you that your parents never had savings your whole life. You've never really felt safe or secure, that you don't feel safe or secure. All this is running in you. How much time and energy are you going to spend on a, on a new project, which is the goal around growing my savings account? Not a lot. <laughs> Not I, a lot. To be honest, it wouldn't even occur to me to, that, I, yeah. uh, that I've got to save because I'm stuck. Well, I, and I'm speaking from personal experience. I, my savings account was at zero, and yeah. all I could think about was like what you said. I got to pay off my debt or my loans, or I, or I just have enough to buy, buy the groceries and, you know, a couple other. Th- forget about having a savings account to take a trip or whatever. That I don't. Oh, here's what here's what comes up for me, Margaret. I don't deserve to do the fun things in life until I'm out of the debt. Yeah. And I also knew, and I would imagine this is true for many people out there, that once I would, would, whenever I would begin to chunk money into a savings account, there was this underlying thought of, well, that's going to be gone soon. I'm never going to save enough to go do the thing I really want to do. And you see the, how the paradigm is weighing mm-hmm. in. Um, but that brings me right into the next kind of money, which is debt. And this is worth, right? And so... When I ask people to write down their debt, and I bet if we went back in time when you were describing this situation, and you, I had you in a workshop, and I was like, write down how much debt you have. For 99% of people, the biggest emotion that comes up is shame, right? Yep. Shame, one of the darkest emotions we can experience, maybe the darkest emotion we can experience as humans. And what people would say in their head is, um, you know, what I do is never enough. 
and that somehow I must deserve this. And if there was an event in the past that was connected, it's usually an event that we still haven't forgiven ourselves or someone else for. There's an unresolved event where we say, if I, or the, you know, if, if I hadn't done that, or if I had been smarter, or this person hadn't done that to me, I wouldn't have this debt. My life would be totally different. And so, again, you know, there is all sorts of ways we can use our brilliance to reduce debt, to focus on debt, to make it like a project that we're why would we put any of our energy, attention, and focus on something that triggers such a negative emotion and self-talk? So well, we that's such it. a knee-jerk reaction to, to things. It, it's, it's an unconscious feeling, especially when it's shame. And it's, yeah. shame is so sticky. It just goes into all the corners of our brain and just mushes there. Yeah, I mean... People have anxiety attacks when they have to go do their taxes and sit down with an accountant and show oh, yeah. people their numbers. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's like financial advisors love me because I take their most difficult clients and turn them into like excited money managers who are like, I can't wait to meet with you. Right. Um, and so the third kind of money, the next one is, is income, which I'll say to people, write down how much you're earning right now. And immediately we hear the dialogue that people in their head, which is they'll look at it and say, it's not enough. And the emotion is typically anxiety and fear um, and just this sort of disappointment or depression, like just the way it is, like no matter what I do, it's never enough. Um, and anything that's attached to it in the past is usually around your value. Anything that has sort of uh, or anyone that sort of wounded you around your value and your um, your whole sense of like people like us, like our family, who we are, and how much we deserve to make and is possible for us to make. Which is why looking at income often makes people feel sort of like powerless, like there's not much I can do. Well, and I'm glad um, you brought hopefully... up the family piece too, Margaret, because I think that. Yeah. Uh, at least in my experience in the work that I've done with clients, a lot of people's uh, low self-esteem and low value does, it's not necessarily a, an event that they experience in their life. It comes from a generational family value or family thought form that, you know, my great grandfather could have had or my father had of, I'm not good enough. I'll work as hard as I can, but I'm still not going to be good enough. And, and, and so my low self-esteem or my low value, and now I'm yeah. talking about me, wasn't because of any particular trigger in, in my personal life. It was generationally passed down. And I think that's important for people to know because that's a big component in your book, too. Yeah, and, and the, where we see that really get highlighted is when I move into the next kind of in, uh, money, which is income goals. Because if I ask you someone to say, okay, double your income, and now that's your income goal. <laughs> I've had entire rooms of, like, professional salespeople, like, literally want to kill me, right? I bet. It's like, it's like, this is your new goal. And what if I said you're going to commit to it? And people are like, I want to throw up. I feel totally stressed. I want to kill you. It creates such a stress in the body. And what, what we often say is it's impossible, right? I'm right. probably going to fail. Um, I know that when I started writing down income goals, because Jack Canfield and the secret told me to, God, I wanted to kill him the next day. Um, <laughs> I wrote down an income goal and I felt 
complete shame and failure. And I was like, what? I haven't even left my house. Why am I feeling shame and failure? Like there's something to this. Um, And so with income goals, there's this immediate feeling of it's impossible. The emotion is, you know, is this sort of like either stress or battle, like I'm not going to do it. But here's the thing. I will ask people to close their eyes and imagine that they are making that much money. Like some people say, oh, no, I have a guy. I would love to triple my income. That feels good to me. Okay, close your eyes. Imagine that you've done it. And now imagine that you are walking into the, your parents' home, even if they are uh-huh. like passed on back from when they were young. Like you're, you go back in time and you're stepping in that home and you say, hey, it's your, your son or daughter from the future. This is how much I earn. And then I'll say, how are they looking at you? What's the feeling in you in that house knowing that you just told them you're earning three, four, maybe ten times what they ever earned and you have this great, happy life and you don't even kill yourself for that money because you're that good. And what most people experience is an immediate stress response, fear. Um, They're looking at me. They're accusing me or I've disempowered them, there's some negative feeling. And here's the big question. Do you still fit in that family? Ouch. Ouch, Margaret. And so if you feel the emotion there, that is running unconscious in you all the time and directing every one of your actions, things you're doing and not doing in your money. And so when this is strong, it's called the vow of loyalty. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, mm-hmm. and it's it's hardwired into us to never get kicked out of our tribe. That is a like primitive human hardwiring at the most basic unconscious level. Because if you got kicked out of your tribe, you were dead <laughs> back in the day. Right, right, and still in some countries. And so the vow of being you uh, to never surpass what your parents had, even in levels of joy and power in your life and freedom out of loyalty. Is so it's illogical. It doesn't make sense. People don't logically think they have it, but I'm telling you, this has caused generation after generation of disempowerment and disenfranchising, like like entire generations of people, because it's so unconscious yet it's so powerful. And when you feel that emotion, this is a, this is where you know you can take a tool like tapping and you can shift that. And it will no longer be in your nervous system or in your mind-body system to get extra woo-woo. Right. Right. But until it's gone, it will run you because it's more powerful than logic. Yeah. I have My ex-husband did not begin to succeed in life until his father passed away because he had a, a deep-seated belief system that he could not—it would be harming his father it, and disrespecting him if he surpassed him. Yeah, disloyal. I yeah. mean, and, and, you know, most people, it's, they're not that conscious about it. And, it. and, you know, to me, the tapping is the tool, right? That's why it's in the book. But the real gift is this aha moment. It's the awareness of theirs. Like, you know, and I always say, I always hope that people get this awareness. You're like, well, I can't put that genie back in the bottle. Like, I'm never going to see the way I operate in my money again. And that's my hope listening to this is that you have a new idea of what's actually happening in, in you and in your money and how you deal with it. Because with that, you have the power to shift. You know, you have the power to shift. And that is angry as I am that people don't earn their worth. <laughs> that's one side of my motivation. 
I also am so excited to show people that there is a whole new reality waiting for you when you uncover. And, um, and because I delved into these things with so many people, like the book is full of stories, as you know, of real people, because I had to change the names and the circumstances. Um, but I, I poured each of that, you know, every little idiosyncrasy that we have like that, everything that I found into the book so that you really can transform from the beginning of a chapter to the end of the chapter. Again, for $14. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. So, Margaret, let's talk about this other <laughs> vow that um, is, is part of the family-based uh, belief system, you know, that there's an opposite one that we also agree to or unconsciously, besides being loyal to the family and not yeah. going beyond. But there's also the place of, like you were just saying, I am committed to transforming my life and the world that I live in. And so there's, that creates resistance to the, that loyalty vow you talked yeah, about. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just as natural. And not everybody has it. Some people just live their whole life limiting themselves, right? Like never really go beyond their paradigm. But for some people with a bigger energy, they usually have like a strong leadership type of a, like they want to do something bigger. They often have at the same exact time the vow of loyalty they have the vow of rebellion, right? This is what made us leave our tribe and go mingle with new people back in the day, right? And so it's, it sounds like this. I vow to be nothing like my parents <laughs> and to do everything different and to do it my way and I'm going to believe in abundance. <laughs> and so what you see classically is the boom and bust. They'll make a bunch of money and then lose it. Oh. They'll have a bunch of success and then watch themselves freeze or pull it back or sabotage and that will show up in their business or their their job or in their money and they'll just, they will say to you they'll say to me margaret oh it's totally me <laughs> like it's me margaret i i sabotage myself i get in my own way but they don't know how or why to get out of that tailspin and what happens is the bottom line is they end up in a situation where they go oh my God, I'm literally living my parents' life. The exact thing I vowed never to do, right? Right. And so until you're aware that that is a cycle that you're in and you consciously shift out of that cycle, I mean, you know, I work with people again and they're like, I wish I found you 20 years ago because I have been living that for 40 years. Um, and as soon as we see it, we can start changing it. So if there's boom, boom and busters out there, oh, there's so hope for you. <laughs> Yay. I'm glad yeah. to hear you say that. Yay. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's talk about the other pieces of your book, because there's a, there's a couple of chapters that just caught my attention. One is about breaking the cycle of always striving, but never arriving. Yeah. Is that part of the boom and bust thing? Um, it can be, and this is when we are, this is when we start to move into the side of the book that's like, let's take bigger steps up, right? Let's, let's set a goal, and that means you're going to need to step up. And so one of the first things that, that come up in people as they start to um, step out and do something bigger is, and this is, this is especially true for people who love to achieve, who are achievers, right, is really the big inner critic. Mm. And the funny thing, when you say inner critic, People either say, oh, yeah, I have a big inner critic. And some people have, like, some pride about it. They're like, oh, yeah, I, you know, 
I have a big inner critic, like I'm hard on myself, and there's some sort of pride attached to it, and nobody questions their inner critic. Do you know why? Why? Because I do. <laughs> because when they're, when they're criticizing themselves, there's, and even like the most spiritual, like doing personal development work people, because that's a lot of people I get. When they're in their inner critic, they're saying, I'm right about this. I oh. could have done better. I'm right. So don't tell me I should be easier on myself. I am, you are wrong in this case. And so we never challenge or do personal development or use tapping to clear our inner critic because it's right. Why would I tap about that? I am right about that. And so we hold this energy that sounds like this. And it doesn't necessarily have to sound like criticism, but it just has to sound like this. I could have done better. I should have done better. I should have known better. I should have done better. And we have so many pieces of evidence in our past where we look back and say, you know what? I should have known. Even if you were like five, people are like, yeah, but I probably should have known better, right? I should have done better. I should have known better. I should have been more uh, courageous. I should have been more selfless. I should have been more strong. Whatever it is, what you're saying is I do not deserve yet. Uh, I do not deserve yet. Yeah, because you are saying every time you say I should have known, I should have done, you're saying I'm not there yet. I don't deserve yet. I haven't learned the lesson. I'm not perfect Mm. yet. And so the yet means that you are in a perpetual state of striving to prove and never really getting to the reward. And Makes this is where I to find, me. yeah, very smart people, highly working, incredible and in achieving, yet they somehow never get to the reward, whether the reward is the validation or the money or the time off to finally relax guilt-free relax is what I mean, not, not like fake relax, relax without any think, voice in your head telling you you shouldn't be relaxing, right? Right. And so always striving, never arriving at the reward is, is what you get when you are, have an inner dialogue that you are 100% behind. I'm right about that. <laughs> Which say, you know, I could have done better. So let's talk about another chapter, which is called Feeling Invisible, because that's been my experience on and off in life at times, feeling like I'm not being seen or heard. That's how I took it. Yeah, and I also call this a vow, right? And and when we experience things in life where we feel like, like I'm not being seen, I'm not being heard, we will go back and forth between, you know, experiencing that reality and actually living the vow that we took at a certain age to actually withhold ourselves and to be invisible in certain situations, right? And so with the, interestingly, so many people, when I say, when I say, you know, did you take a vow to be invisible? I say that out of the blue, right? They're like, nobody says, what, what are you talking about? Vow, invisibility, what? They go, oh my God, I did. And they get emotional. Yeah. Right. And I was, it's amazing. And it particularly for women. And so you will take the vow to be invisible in this particular circumstance is that when you were a child, you probably had a big energy and wanted to be seen and wanted to be heard. 
and there was a situation in your childhood where it either wasn't safe, like literally wasn't safe, you would get hit or something, if you were seen and you were like, hey, look at me, or it wasn't safe because there would have been criticism or it just wasn't possible. Like you had a parent caring for a sick child or something and there was no possibility that you were going to be seen. We will take what's called a vow to be invisible and to like not be as present, hold ourselves back, hide who we are, and instead project someone that is good, quiet, easy, uh, less trouble, right? Right. We'll project someone that we see, we've figured out people would rather be around, right? Um, and so remember that when you are living through, when you're, when you're holding yourself back and being invisible, um, which is just such a great application for tapping because it's very, very fear-based, um, you, people literally can't see you. When you, don't, when you are being invisible, other people experience you as not being very present and you won't be memorable. And they will like, wow, were you even at the party? I didn't see you. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they'll be like, is she even here? And you're like, I've been here the whole time. And so, you know, it, it, it truly, we can make ourselves invisible. And it was a coping mechanism when we were young to avoid, uh, you know, either danger or criticism or whatever it was. Uh, but it has to, it's something that we have to consciously look at and shift in our adult life. There are way too many brilliant, heart-centered, amazing people with a lot of gifts to give who are spending so much of their time still being invisible. Right. And a lot of gift to give and get paid for that gift. Yeah. I mean, it's like you go on. I have clients, they sign up. They're signing up for my one-year coaching program. And, and it's, it's, it's a lot of money to sign up for some of my programs, right? And they literally don't even have their own picture on their website. I'm like, are you even kidding me? Wow. You want to double and triple your business and you're afraid to have a picture. You're not even on your website. <laughs> and so it's like, let's talk about the vow to be invisible. And when we challenge that vow that's when we see the whole nervous system like blossom with fear and anxiety and shame. And, and you know what? It really stinks to feel that, but now we can get rid of it because it's appeared. We're challenging it and we have this incredible tapping tool. So, you know, there's things like this in the book that people will be like, how does that relate to money? And it's like, oh, that relates to earning money big time. And I put it in there because as we move into sort of the vows of invisibility and always striving, never arriving, this is where I get even more excited about people because it, it goes beyond money. This is about really living your full life, right? living a full uh, inspired life. Yeah. Right? This isn't Burrell. Yeah. <laughs> this is when you really get to be present and full in your life. And when you are, mon you are a money magnet, right? When you're invisible, money hates invisibility, right? It, money is not attracted to someone who's half there. Right. So it's a big one. It is a really big one. And I'm, I appreciate you mentioning it. Well, and, and I think the idea of um, going back to just the law of attraction and where, ha where part of it just fell off is because it wasn't addressing the stuff that you're talking about, like invisibility and striving and arriving, because those are th those are the things that then become that mirror that just ref keeps everything at bay. It just reflects back out 
and we're not receiving yeah. it. It's not going in. Yeah, and I and you know the, the the law of attraction is really the other side, right? It's this it's this the practices in there are are so beautiful and amazing, and they're not like personal development work that I deal with, which is sort of like let's clear out the crap. They're two they're two sides to the coin, and I and I and I know you see this too, Susan. Personal development is evolving in itself, right? Yes. And so we've reached a point in people who want to be um, live an inspired life and be more conscious. Um, where we, it's evolving and there's new tools and where we need to have even deeper conversations about some of the dark side so that we can more fully live in the light side. And that's the thing I, in, I like and appreciate about tapping is it's not just going, it's all good. It's all positive. You have to address the emotional darkness, the shadow side of yourself, look at it and see what parts you're going to integrate and what parts you really don't need anymore. And then it becomes all good. But to just constantly put a Band-Aid on, it doesn't work. Absolutely. And there didn't used to be a good way. And so positive affirmations was the only way. This is new technology that we have now. So, you know, uh, like like I said, I'm an engineer. It's like, this works. I got a measurable result. Let's hammer it, people. That's right. <laughs> Let's get there. That's right. Margaret, you've just, you're a blessing. I've so enjoyed our conversation. And and the book is called Tapping Into Wealth. And the website is tappingintowealth.com. I encourage everyone to go to the website. Well, first of all, A, on your to-do list today is to order the book because it's going to set you free financially, but go to the website and there's all sorts of videos that Margaret's done that can uh, guide you into how to use tapping to have a healthier and wealthier life mentally, emotionally, and, and feel supported by the universe. So thank you, Margaret, for joining us. And I'm just going to end with, and so it is, namaste. Well, that wraps up our chat for today. Thanks for joining me. And if you want to learn more, go to susanburrell.com. You can contact me through the website. There's blogs for you to read. There are videos to watch. And remember, I am an intuitive healer and spiritual guide at the crossroads of life. And I would be more than honored to help you on your journey to live an empowered life. And so it is. Namaste. Namaste.